Thank you for joining us for Reducing the Risk of Teen Addiction, a podcast series from Rogers Behavioral Health. When it comes to preventing teens from turning to drugs or alcohol, we must first understand who is most at risk, the signs to watch for, and what to do if we suspect a teen is using. Throughout this series, you'll gain critical insight into navigating this very complex issue. Today on the podcast, we are talking about teen substance use and what parents can do. I'm Becky Wham, and today I'm talking with Dr. Michelle Maloney, Executive Director of Addiction Services at Rogers Behavioral Health. Dr. Maloney, it can be very overwhelming if a parent suspects their child is using drugs or alcohol. What can a parent do? Becky, that is a great question. And the first thing I'm going to say may be considered a little counterintuitive. The first thing for that parent to do is first take care of themselves. You know, if you think about when you're flying on an airline, they have you put on your own oxygen mask first before you put on the oxygen mask of your child. In many ways, the same thing applies here, because if you can't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to be there or take care of your child or your adolescent. The second thing is really be a united front. That united front could be your partner, your spouse, maybe the the baseball coach, you know, who is involved in that adolescent's life that is pretty impactful, you know, and you want to be that united front because you certainly don't want the split where you say no and then they run to someone else and they get the yes. I mean, I think we've all done that as adolescents um, in and of ourselves. So, uh, but really that united front and, and that can include setting boundaries. What boundaries? What curfew? You know, what will your home tolerate? Setting limits even regarding technology. You know, last time we talked a little bit about gaming or sexting, you know, or even money. What are the limits on those? And and again, that united front, if you will. Because the, the boundaries that you have, that will give you an idea as to whether or not your, your adolescent needs help or they're just testing, testing limits. Because again, testing limits is normal adolescent experimentation. You know, the next thing is to really identify your own hot buttons. I can remember working with some adolescents and every time the adolescent would say to his mom, well, then I'm just going to go live with grandma, you know, that she would tend to give in to him because she didn't want him to go live with, with grandma. So what are your hot buttons? How can you respond to the hot buttons without becoming emotional, without, you know, giving in to some of those boundaries. So identifying your own hot buttons as well as that of maybe your partner, your spouse, and how you can be there to support one another. I think those are really kind of those three key things that sort of set the stage for having open conversations. You know, and when we think about substance use, we don't always think about the children in terms of like a six-year-old right? Many times we think they're too young to hear, but I would say it's never too early to start having conversations, particularly if substance use or addiction tends to run in your family. There's a great book out there called Think of Wind, and it's a children's book, and it likens addiction to the wind. It's something you can feel, but you can't see, and really that's how children experience substance use around them. So it's a great 
great book. There are other books out there. So again, never too early to start. I think another thing is really choose a good time and place to have those open conversations. You know, so one thing that I've always recommended is if your adolescent loves playing basketball, you know, go shoot some hoops, you know, make it on their, their turf, if you will, or, you know, go for a drive. You're in a car. You don't have to look at one another. You know, they don't have to look you in the eye, which can make them feel much more comfortable in having a conversation. You know, another way is, you know, having a curious conversation, you know, ask open-ended questions, you know, not necessarily yes or no. You know, I think with anyone, when you ask a yes or no question, they give you an answer and the conversation ends. So ask more open-ended questions, you know, set expectations toward the end of that conversation based on research, science, not moral judgment. You know, I think many times adolescents are expecting kind of that more moral judgment. You know, what's the research? What's the science? Again, knowing your own adolescent and how they respond to those things, but certainly staying informed and engaged. Uh, using the news, using what's going on in the media can be very teachable moments to begin those open conversations. And the more you can have those conversations before there's a problem can be invaluable when there is an issue. Give your adolescent a way out. Having conversations where make you the bad guy, you know, so they're at a friend's house and they start drinking and your adolescent doesn't want to drink. Make you the bad guy, you know, well, my mom said I have to go home now. Um, have a code word that you text one another at times where you know, mom can call and be the bad guy, you know, so giving them a way out and set consequences together ahead of time. You know, if you break curfew, I know you won't break curfew, but if you do break curfew, you know, what are your, what do you think your consequence should be? That really provides your interest in them and that they have a say in what's going on in their life. You know, I would say offer empathy and support. You know, you were an adolescent once too. You can know the struggles and certainly set a good example. You know, if, if you are drinking at dinner every night and you're getting drunk at dinner every night, your adolescent is seeing that. And so certainly uh, setting a good example goes a lot further than our, our words. Let's run through the signs. What should a parent look for? So some signs that a parent would want to look for is, have you noticed a change in your teen's personality or behaviors? Have they become more aggressive or irritable or depressed? Again, what was their, their norm and have you noticed a change? Have their grades in school decreased? Have they lost interest in activities? Have you noticed unusual physical symptoms such as bloodshot or dilated pupils? nosebleeds, weight loss, or even weight gain. Another sign is poor hygiene. Maybe they stopped taking showers or they used to have a clean room and now you can't find anything in, in your room. Have you found drugs or paraphernalia in the room? Do they have new, different friends? Have they changed their style of clothes? Are they more interested now in maybe some you know, what we would call drug culture clothes, you know, where they're wearing 
shirts with needles on them or, you know, marijuana leaves, and that wasn't them previously. What is the quality of their life, their functioning? Have they given up uh, sports? Those are just some signs that can indicate that there is a problem and doesn't always mean there's addiction. However, it, it does mean that there is a need for conversation, more exploratory information to know what's going on with the adolescent. When does a parent know it's time for professional help? Again, I think it depends on knowing your child, but in short, when symptoms are severe, where the symptoms are now becoming much more time-consuming, distressing, or impaired, where your child stops going to school, where the substance use becomes chronic, when really the adolescent life, their quality of life has diminished. And for one adolescent, that could be, you know, within a month. For another adolescent, that could be within a year. And so it really, again, depends on that adolescent and what's going on with them. You know, and then there are some signs where you need to seek help immediately, particularly if the adolescent is having any withdrawal symptoms, meaning medical complications, or they're threatening suicide. I mean, those are you want to seek help immediately. So take us through the steps. What does a parent do first? So if you've identified that your child does need help, you know, find a qualified professional or program. There are many resources out there. There are national resources, local resources that can, you know, word of mouth. Many times neighbors have also experienced some of the same things. So, you know, finding that qualified professional or program, talking with your child or teen about seeking help. You know, and if need be, involve maybe their baseball coach or someone they look up to, a mentor. Know your own limits. What happens if your adolescent says no or they run away? Like, plan for that ahead of time to help with that. And plan for all next steps and all possibilities, meaning if your child or teen agrees to get help, have that appointment set up, right? Plan for all the possible outcomes. Be involved. Many times a therapist, professional, will want to also meet with you as the parent. Be prepared to potentially take off work to meet with that treatment team. And lastly, seek help for yourself. Again, you're going to have feelings. You're going to have emotions um, that you'll be experienced throughout this whole process. It could be anything from relief that they're seeking help to exhaustion to even fear. And so seeking help for yourself. I think the key takeaways is really there is help and there is hope available to both you and your adolescent. And it's just as important for you to take care of yourself as it is for you to take care of your child. This is an important topic, and this information will really help our listeners. Dr. Maloney, thank you for your insight and expertise and the hope you offer parents going through this. Thank you, Becky. Rogers Behavioral Health is helping children, teens, and adults rise above their challenges with mental health or addiction. To learn more about Rogers' specialized treatment, visit rogersbh.org today. I'm Becky Wham. Thank you so much for tuning in.